Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll take a trip to Fort White Farms and learn more about how their programs help youth learn about urban farming and sustainability. Then we'll continue our coverage of the Winnipeg Foundation's Summer Internship Program. We'll learn more about one of the organizations involved, Youth Employment Services, and what role their intern will be playing this summer. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will join us this week to talk about what's happening in and around Winnipeg through the lens of citizen journalism. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you. We hope you're having a fantastic weekend. The weather is much nicer than it's been earlier on in the week, which is a great thing. Always nice good to, to have see. some sunshine back after in our the, lives. After the storms and, and dark and dreary days we had all week. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nolan, have you gone out to the uh, to the Fringe Festival this ha- weekend? I haven't seen a show yet, but I'm planning on it. I've heard a lot of good things. What about you? Um, so I have a few planned coming up this week, but um, of what I've already seen, I saw a couple of installments of the Dungeons and Dragons improv show. A classic. Is Hard to f- get into, aren't, isn't that? Pretty hard? Uh, no, actually. It's a, you know what? It's it's not complex at all. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, not hard to get tickets to oh. it. Never mind, <laughs> not hard to get into, yeah. Hard to get tickets to that, I imagine. It is a very... Popular. It is a very popular show. Uh, the lineups sometimes extend almost to the street from oh, wow. the gas station theater doors. But uh, very entertaining show. If you enjoy laughs and a good adventure, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Fringe is a great part of Winnipeg summer. I 100% agree with that. And speaking of summer, you know how we always start things off with a song. Let's go with Robert Goulet and his song, Summer Sounds, right here on River City 360. of the carousel the ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling of the ice cream bell the splishing and the splashing at a moonlight swim the roaring of the waves when you're surfing in June, July and August play a symphony under starry skies above Happy summer sounds the summer The hot dogs at a barbecue The shrieking on a roller coaster way up high The whistles on the beach when a beach goes by Summertime is here, wake up and come alive For the way is scarf and glove Here comes summer sounds The summer sounds
And welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. Now, as anyone who's been to Fort White knows, there are so many interesting things to do out there. And Nolan, you and I had a chance to check out one very interesting component of Fort White. Yeah, Fort White Alive is quite a cool place. We spent some time there a couple weeks ago now. Um, it's a social enterprise that's been in operation uh, since 2003. Through its programs, Fort White Farms helps youth in Winnipeg learn all about agriculture and sustainability while building their confidence and leadership skills. So we had the chance to go through their gardens where they grow fruits, vegetables, and herbs, and then they sell them to local families through a community-supported agriculture program. Um, Nolan, what did you find most memorable about our tour at Fort White? Well, when you say they grow fruit, veg fruits, vegetables, and herbs, they also grow livestock. Like, they have bison out there, there was rabbits, there was chickens, there was uh, pigs, did I mention that? Um, that was probably the most memorable part for me, is because, you know, very often we spend so much time in the city, you don't really get to see true nature and true agriculture and true you know animals living free in the sort of wilderness and uh although they're not wild they are you know within a contained pen uh it was just really cool to see the all of the animals that are raised for consumption you know it's it's they're not pets they are raised for a reason and it teaches these kids exactly exactly that how to how to respect animals and how to respect nature so that's probably probably what i took uh, took most uh, away from the experience what about yourself so one of the things that i found most memorable about our tour at fort white farms and we've had them on the show before um, is that they keep and maintain bees so they yeah. market the honey under the brand harmony honey and you can actually purchase that honey at fort white's nature shop and as we were touring in the kitchen, we actually caught up with Ryan Spence, who was a guest Friend on of the, the show, show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last year in season one. And I had the chance to speak with him about his involvement with the beekeeping activities that go on at Fort White Farms. So Ryan, we're here at Fort White Farms and we had you on the show last year. You were a participant in some of the food programming that takes place here. And you're here for another year as well. What are some of the things that you've been doing over the past year here at Fort White? It's mostly the usual, um, just taking care of livestock, weeding in the gardens and all that sort of stuff. And I understand you've also been doing some beekeeping as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, it's very interesting. We had to take a course at the U of M, and it was a three-month program, I believe. I guess I'm in uh, Harmony Honey, and the only other uh, person in Harmony Honey is uh, my coworker Erica. So you oversee the bees that are being kept here? How many bees or how many colonies are there, roughly, would you say? There's four healthy um, hives, and there's just another that's just not going to ever grow into strong hive, I guess. We had to downgrade from last year where we had like 40 hives or so. So what is the timeline in terms of producing honey? Like what's going on right now and then what's the process leading up to you marketing Harmony Honey? The process is mostly maintaining the bees, checking for varroa mites and all that stuff. And then once we think it's strong enough, then we add supers to it, which is empty boxes with frames that don't have anything in them. And uh, over a period of time, they'll just fill them up. And I think it's if it's over uh, two supers, then we start to extract. How are you enjoying the experience right now? And do you see that kind of playing a role in your future? I guess it's kind of fun. Very interesting work with uh, the bees and with the farm as well. I learned a lot of stuff about animals and plants and whatnot. I'm not sure if it'll 
fit too much into my future, I guess, as I'm going into a different line of work. But it's really interesting and something I'll keep in mind for quite some time. Very cool. Ryan, thank you again so much for speaking with us. Great seeing you again. Thanks. Thanks, Robert, and thanks, Ryan, for talking to us again, two-time guests on the show. Uh, Coming up after the break, we're going to continue talking about Fort White Farms. We will hear from Jackie Avent, Director of Sustainability at Fort White Live, and she'll tell us about their amazing facility and how they're helping to educate and train youth about nature, agriculture, and sustainability. But first, here's Neil Young with his song Harvest Moon right here on River City 360.
Because I'm still in love with you I want to see you dance again Because I'm still in love with you On this harvest Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert with you here this morning. Uh, before the break, we were telling you all about our trip out to Fort White Farms, a fantastic social enterprise and education center just outside Winnipeg. And uh, while we were there, I was able to speak with Jackie Avent, Director of Sustainability out at Fort White. Uh, we talked about sustainability, uh, education, and how Fort White is helping to make a difference for youth that attend their programs. For our listeners that don't or aren't familiar with Fort White, just give us a general uh, sense of what Fort White is and what you guys do here. Yeah, Fort White is a great place where people from Winnipeg and around Manitoba can come and experience the outdoors. We have many opportunities for people to connect with nature and to learn about sustainability and how that's embodied on a day-to-day uh, in a day-to-day way. So for example, uh, happening here today, you might hear some camp counselor sounds in the background. We're training camp counselors to lead summer camps for youth from like three years old to 13 years old uh, over different weeks throughout the summer months. Uh, we have the sailing boats out uh, through Sailing Manitoba today on the lake. Uh, there's paddling programs that are offered. There's education uh, and workshops around uh, greening your home or um, your uh, reusing or DIYing things that you might need around your house. So anything that we have uh, here is accessible and available to people of all ages. We have many programs, especially one coming up uh, in the middle of July called The Great Escape. So it's kind of summer camp for adults. It's a really fun evening. It's a Thursday night and you can come and have a beer but also do a lot of experiences that you might not have had since you were a kid at summer camp and if you do enough activities you get a little patch you can sew on to your backpack or something else and the first year we had that party was last year and it was uh, a sellout crowd and was very exciting and so again the tickets are on sale and people are really really pumped and excited about it so you were telling us about sustainability a little bit earlier maybe speak to how you're approaching sustainability when it comes to Fort White and and your role in in it because it's kind of a trendy sort of a thing right now and people are really beginning to be conscious of their carbon footprint so maybe speak to that and what what uh, what programs you have in place here for sure, Fort White Alive uh, has a sustainability plan, so it was a joint effort uh, between staff from different departments in Fort White to come together and make a sort of inventory of the things we were already doing related to sustainability and sustainable living and the things that Fort White could improve on. So, um, for example, are we recycling? Are we composting? Are we? Uh, how much are we throwing in the garbage? So when we do summer camps, when we have school groups come out, we encourage them to bring litter litterless lunches and we'll do an activity with them around the litterless lunch which is the concept of making sure you try not to have zero you have try to have zero waste as part of your lunch bag so bringing things in reusable containers and recycling or composting what you can that comes out of that Um, we also are looking at some of the more uh, 
operational side of things, our carbon footprint with respect to building emissions and transportation emissions on site. We've got tractors at the farm, we've got gators that we use to get around the site, our maintenance crew uses lawnmowers and all of those things that people have at home. So we're looking at ways that uh, we can reduce the impact of those things on our site and seeing what is our sort of greenhouse gas footprint out of Fort White Alive. Brilliant. I actually saw the electric fence out by the pigs uh, was solar powered, so very, very sustainable. Um, well, how important is it for the kids that come here to learn about these concepts that they maybe have never heard of or never thought about certainly before coming from the city and maybe not getting out to to wilderness far too often? So how important is it um, to teach kids these concepts at an, at an early age? That's a very good question because it speaks to sort of how we embody ourselves in our daily lives and at home, but also like how how is that connected to nature and why is that connection important? So um, Richard Louvre is a author that wrote a book called Last Child in the Woods and his uh, topic is around nature deficit disorder. So kids becoming disconnected from nature, not having contact with the outdoors, not understanding how really intertwined we are uh, in our urban jungles with the forest and the water and the sky and the fire that um, is what makes life possible on planet Earth. So uh, because kids are spending more time in front of all, of all kinds of screens, they're maybe more protected by parents who are concerned about things happening in their own neighborhood, they're losing that valuable independent playtime and the opportunity to be outdoors and engaging with nature and just becoming curious about the natural environment. So when youth or adult children of all ages really come to Fort White we give them the chance to get their hands dirty to understand that yes this is what a real forest looks like yes this water might be murky but it is safe to swim in yes uh, these animals are wild this is not a zoo um, they're not domesticated the bison okay they're they're in a cage but you know this is actually like a working farm that's doing more than just a petting zoo like it's it's the opportunity for for people to see that connection of the natural environment and how uh, we have evolved um, as humans to live as part of it so we try to create like a sustainable human habitat and what does that look like because downtown Winnipeg is not really a sustainable human habitat. We need greenery and we need nature to keep ourselves mentally and physically healthy. And probably uh, when you were saying this is where thing, all everything comes, this is from where your bacon and eggs literally come from. You can actually see the animal, raise the animals and, and go from you know, literally when you hear the term farm to table, that's exactly what they're doing from the very start to the very end when they're eating the food. So what are some of the reactions when kids are actually able, or not necessarily kids, but kids and people are able to see the entire process and what do you think that that instills in them? One of our major pillars of the work that we do at Fort White is at Fort White Farms. It's uh, a very uh, important component of our social enterprise program and being able to bring youth from core areas of the city that might be more vulnerable or underserved in some populations to actually uh, get a chance to learn life skills, to get their hands dirty, to see that full um, from, you know, the cradle to grave, or that's a bad, not the best analogy, but like from planting the seed to the harvest and seeing it come uh, to fruition. The tagline for the farm is growing youth, food and community, and it's very intentional to place youth uh, at the forefront of that because at the end of the day, um, 
maybe we'll have a tomato crop failure this year because it's so wet but those youth that that will come through the program will still learn valuable life skills they'll st- learn the ability to balance a budget to see a project from start to finish to know how to identify and prepare food from that they might then purchase at a grocery store they or that they can in some ways grow themselves um the goal is to work with youth and help them become functioning and thriving members of society and we see that again and again they come in um never having uh maybe cut a apple on the table maybe never even i mean some most everybody's seen an apple but you know they've never had the chance to interact with that fruit or that vegetable in a way where they're doing the preparation and uh, they leave here able to prepare meals for their families and between all the genders as well so even though it might not be a skill that uh that a man or one of the boys has received at home they're able to bring that into their communities and share that with their families and celebrate that harvest and the feast so that's exactly what it's incredibly rewarding um so where can our listeners go to find out more information or how can they come and actually come to the grounds and see what we saw today because it was incredible well the address of fort white is 1961 mccreary road so it's accessible by car most easily but there are some beautiful bike paths uh in order to get here from um all around the city uh there's cycling maps available online and Google Maps can tell you how to find us. If you want more information about ours and some of the programs that are offered, uh, the website is www.fortwhite.org, uh, F-O-R-T-W-H-Y-T-E. And uh, as always, you can phone our general information line and speak to visitor services, 989-8355. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Jackie, for talking to us today. My pleasure. It's been a real treat. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up after the break, we'll continue our coverage of the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program, and we'll speak with the executive director of Youth Employment Services and with the intern that'll be working with them this summer. But first, we've got The Twist, Chubby Checker, right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. And earlier last week, we attended the launch day for the Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program, or SIP. If you were listening to the show last week, you would have heard our interview with Tolu Ililiboye, the Youth Engagement Coordinator at the Foundation. Um, and she kind of explained what the program is all about. It's the program's 12th year. And in a nutshell, it gives youth and philanthropy participants the opportunity to complete an eight-week internship at a local charitable organization. And through that, they gain valuable skills and learn more about the local charitable sector. So to kick things off, the interns and mentors met at the Winnipeg Foundation for breakfast, and RC360 had a chance to speak to some of the participants. First off, we spoke with Rashika Kotkar. She took part in the program last year and was at the breakfast to share her past experience with the new group of summer interns. You participated in SIP last year with Heritage Winnipeg. How was that experience? What kind of project did you do over the summer? With my work with Heritage Winnipeg, I did many tasks, but my main project was to build a directory so um, about historical restoration in buildings for other people to see and know which uh, contractors, which builders to contact uh, if they were interested in renovating their building. Um, but probably what I did more importantly was get um, involved in their Doors Open event they have every year and try to improve on that and try to reconnect with other organizations to get them involved for the following year. Having done the program yourself, is there any advice that you would give to one of the participants going into the program for this year? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you're when you get placed to these organizations, you're going to be put in a neighborhood that you probably are not very familiar with. And I would really greatly advise that you go out during your lunch, after work, before lunch, and like go out in the community and look at the restaurants, look at the services and the different organizations in it, because you'll see a part of Winnipeg you may have never seen before. What would you say is the most important thing that you gained from your own experience? Um, I really understood how nonprofits work. I always knew they had to put a lot of effort, but I never knew how much they had to put in. For example, my mentor used to go to, would not go home till like 8 in the evening. She'd be working all day and there were endless meetings. Like I just never knew how much effort would have to go just to get one little thing done. Thank you, Rashika, for speaking with us. After the breakfast, we spoke with Thomas Bialy, who's starting his internship with Youth Employment Services, and Karen Velthaus, the executive director of the organization. So I'll start with you, Thomas. Why did you choose to be a part of the SIP program? Um, I think it's a great opportunity to get involved with nonprofits to almost, in a way, help Winnipeg and get a chance to be part of it. Excellent. What kind of project will Thomas be doing at uh, Youth Employment Services this summer? Thomas is going to be working with 136 youth who are coming to our organization to get skills and experiences over the summer. So they come to us from a program uh, through EIA 
uh, and they're expected to be with us for two hours every day. So part of that is that we have to track their attendance so that we're ensuring that they're with us, but also really integrating himself into the program and getting to know them. So he'll be doing some volunteering with them. Thomas and I are actually going to be at the Fringe Festival this month doing some volunteering. We're going to be just working with them to ensure that they're getting some essential skill development. So Thomas will be a, a mentor to a lot of those youth, uh, which is going to be a fantastic opportunity for him, but more importantly, a fantastic opportunity for our clients. So Thomas, you took part in YIP before. Tell us a little bit about that experience. YIP was a great opportunity for youth around Winnipeg. It's an opportunity that um, as a high school group, you go, you choose some charities, some nonprofits you think are very important. You get to you do site visits, you get to see what they're about, find their office, and then as a group, a collective group in high school, you decide, um, you get $5,000 to grant out and you, you decide who, how much you want to grant out to each charity. So Thomas, what kind of advice would you have to anyone listening to this program over the summer and they're maybe thinking about getting involved in youth and philanthropy as someone who's participated yourself? What kind of advice would you have for someone going into the program? Um, I would recommend to try to experience the best charities you can, you can find. Like, find some more obscure ones. Look for a good charity. Find something that you truly believe in. That Youth and Philanthropy is a really fun program when you love the charities like I have. And Karen, if people are interested in learning more about Youth Employment Services and what the organization does, uh, where can they go to get more information? So our website is www.yesmb.ca. Um, they can give us a call. Uh, 204-987-8661 or simply come down to our offices. If you're a youth looking for a work, um, our offices are open Monday to Friday from 8.30 to 4.30 and we're at 614-294 Portage Avenue. That's great. Karen, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Robert. For more information about the summer internship program, stay tuned to River City 360 as we'll be speaking with more of these fantastic young people in episodes to come. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will join us in studio to talk about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons. But first, here's the monkeys with I'm a Believer, right here on River City 360. Disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer Not a trace Put doubt in my mind I've been alone I'm a believer I couldn't leave her if I tried I thought love was more What's the use in trying? All you get is pain. When I needed sunshine, I got rain. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Right. Uh. 
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, thank you for joining us. Thanks. It's great to be here. So we have you on the show almost every week if, mm. we, if we can get you. You're a, yeah. you're a tough get. <laughs> uh, but to talk about Winnipeg and what's happening in Winnipeg, and one of the sort of big festivals going on is Fringe Fest. And I That's understand right. there's a lot of people that are writing reviews and previews of shows going on. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's right. We've got uh, several uh, CNC reporters that are out in the field uh, attending the Fringe Festival, uh, namely Heather Emberley, Shirley Kowalchuk, Tannis Kyle, Doug Kretschmer, and a few other reporters. A, sm- that, a small army. Uh, small army, yes. And um, they have... Um, uh, dedicated themselves to, for the next couple of weeks to attend Fringe Festival productions, and they are writing reviews and quite a few reviews. So I think um, if anyone's interested in Fringe or you know basically interested in uh, some of these a lot of different types of for shows, sure, yeah. you know, it's a very interesting mix of uh, of stuff that Fringe always brings to uh, to, to uh, Winnipeg. And um, so the uh, reporters that we have covering it are um, reviewing shows on a daily basis. Sometimes we have two, three reviews a day. Cool. Uh, so it's um, if you just go to Community News commons.org you can see all those reviews and you can check out what plays you might want to see fantastic yeah there's so many to choose there's oh, dozens so, great I mean, you can yeah. find out from from the from the ground floor where pe- what shows that are worth seeing and what shows maybe you can probably you know yeah but it certainly is a great lineup yeah absolutely yeah, it is from top to bottom uh so speaking of um theater i mm-hmm. understand sarasvati productions has a new uh show that's be, uh, getting ready to yeah it's coming off. up uh a little bit later in the uh it's in the fall okay. in september they, it's their femme fest and this week on communitynewscommons.org uh janet uh, adamana wrote an article about what uh femme fest 2016 will have in store for us and basically their theme is transformation okay and um essentially um it, it looks at sort of the world uh, that is, you know, the world that's changing um, the definition of gender. Um, uh, so okay. uh, essentially they are looking at welcoming LGBTQ communities uh, and the basic freedoms, um, you know, that, that people hmm. uh, should have without prejudice. And so they're, you know, essentially taking their FemFest 2016 and devoting it to this um, changing view of, of gender and uh, how the world is changing when it comes to this cool. type of thing. Yeah, Sarasvati always tackles some really, um, you know, new kind of important subject matter. So it's good to see that this is something that they've uh, they've taken on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're opening up their lineup to include transgender artists. So, cool. I mean, it's, it's uh, they're really, you know, Sarasvati is um, uh, brilliant in terms of how they try and uh, open the discussion about, um, you know, items or, you know, uh, things that are, that are uh, can be controversial, sure. but uh, certainly uh, reflect uh, our changing society. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. That's FemFest, September 6th. 17th to the 24th so uh, it's not too far from now and uh, certainly it's one of the more popular uh, uh, theater um, uh, festivals that happen in Winnipeg. Sarasvati always very forward thinking Mm -hmm. absolutely so what else is happening on CNC uh, Oh uh, you know there was a uh, great story uh, by uh, Derek Young Derek uh, Young um, is a citizen reporter this is his first story so uh, he joined us for our workshops this past fall uh, this past spring and uh, for a couple of them and he thought wow this is pretty interesting Uh, community News Commons. I'd like to become a citizen reporter. And so that's uh, what he's done. And his first story uh, that was published this week is about, it's called Winnipeg Soup. And it's basically okay, a that's microfunding a, uh, idea. River City 360 will be attending that event next week. So that's very cool. Yeah. It, it, essentially what it is, is um, I guess people uh, 
coming together to you know people who have great ideas and small budgets and they need some funding and right. so they uh, they get together at um, the handsome daughter it's going to be uh, on Tuesday I believe and um, they uh, people you know the public comes they pay some money they get a bowl of soup and they listen to these pitches okay. about uh, why these particular organizations want some money to do a very interesting idea okay. and um, and then uh, the audience votes and the oh, nice. person that, um, you know, the, I think right now they have four submissions. They have four people or four organizations that are pitching ideas, uh, looking for some funding. And so it's a really fascinating sort of local, um, uh, locally focused Very um, micro-funding idea. Cool. So it's, a, it's sort of like the GoFundMe uh, but uh, or the crowdfunding websites, but it's a lot more low tech in person, yeah, in yeah. person cool. and uh, it's a very interesting community uh, community activity. And Derek Young, uh, new uh, CNC reporter, is uh, has done a story about that that I think um, our listeners would definitely be interested in reading. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. So at the end of our time together, we always ask you to bring us a song that maybe our listeners haven't heard before, something local or something that uh, you think is worth listening to. So what have you got for us this week? Well, as we uh, have. Uh, as we've seen, the Exchange District is uh, looking a little different right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, basically Winnipeg Fringe Theatre Festival has taken over, and they have uh, brought lots of um, different plays. But also one of the things that comes with uh, Fringe Festival is over 50 local acts, uh, bands that hit the cube stage mm-hmm. uh, between uh, now and July the 24th for free concerts. So you go down to Exchange and you listen to these free concerts. One of the Manitoba bands that um, is um, getting in on the act is Holly Ruth and the Grey Jays. And this is an indie outfit. Um, they kind of blend roots with rock and some jazz and soul. And they will close the festival uh, on the outdoor stage at 4 p.m. on July the 24th. So it's worth checking these cool. guys out. And uh, you can also catch the quartet live at Times Change on oh, July nice. the 28th. So we have a tune from the band Holly Ruth and the Grey Jays. This tune is called Molecules from their recent album, Birds right here on River City 360, CGNU 93.7 FM. What you mean to me, give to my life is more than I could ever, ever help you recognize. I tried to show you in random little ways
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for speaking with us today. And if you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation, in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. Again, our number, 24-7, leave us a message, is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on social media by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. I don't know anymore.